is an indictment on the system that the, the men are this good and the women are down here. They have to be investing, and they are investing resources and money in it, but it's got to be smart as well. They've got to be seeing this as, as a major, major issue. Subscribe to the Rugby Stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. Going to turn our attention to GA and uh, delighted to say the former Cavan star Shawnee Johnson is back with us on the show this morning. Morning, Shawnee. How are things? Morning, man. How are you? Keeping well. Keeping well. Uh, so we're looking at the fixtures here. Tomorrow we've got the Division 4 final at Croke Park, 5 o'clock Wicklow and Sligo, followed by your, yourselves, Cavan for Mana. Uh, at 7.15 and then the Sunday doubleheader of course is the Division 2 and 1 finals you've got Derry and Dublin at 1.45 and Mayo Galway at 4 o'clock we might as well start with the Division 1 final I suppose uh, Shawnee um, uh, funny Kean Johnson who we work with has been putting together a few notes and uh, th- these two teams their record in, in, in finals national finals isn't great Galway have only won 3 of their last 13 Mayo have won 2 of their <laughs> last 20 uh, and Galway not winning a league since 1981 who who wanted more this weekend, Sean? It sounds like a stupid question, but Mayo have the have the of course the championship to look to think of the following week. Yeah, but they've been forewarned, I think, about the pitfalls of not performing in a league final after last year. I think they got schooled last year by fifteen points, three nineteen to thirteen or something last year, and they never really recovered. I know they will say that they got a lot of injury problems last year and so on, but it's hard to recover from a beating like that. Um, as you say, Galway haven't won a league title since '81. Um, both teams have struggled to win national titles, so I think this is going to be a cracker because I don't see any other way. I know Mayo have a game in six days' time, but I think there's another thing to this that, like, both these teams can't make a provincial final. Obviously, one of them is not going to make a provincial semi-final. So the team that finishes higher in the league or wins the league title will actually be seeded higher than the team that beat in the league final in the All Ireland. So. There's a couple of things up for grabs, but I think just winning a national title for either of these teams at this stage of their development would be huge. It's fascinating because it's it's the best attack against the best defence in Division 1. So Mayo scored 126 points in the league campaign. Uh, today at Galway, have only conceded 81. So the matchups are going to be quite important. Um, Aidan O'Shea has kind of come into his own in this uh, league campaign. Found his best position, no doubt, in, at full forward. But Sean Kelly at fullback for Galway... Like, we, we, I guess we're expecting those two to be to be on each other, but you just you just never know. No, you don't know, and I think if you know, and there'll be obviously a lot of planning and plotting this week. And you're you're looking at what Sean Kelly's going to do for Galway from an attacking sense on turnovers and so on. He's going to do exactly what he did. You'd imagine against Kerry, where he's just literally going to to bang forward as soon as that ball breaks down. He's going to go off Aidan O'Shea. So you know, Mayo don't want the situation where. Aiden is, is tracking 40, 50, and with Sean Kelly, it's potentially 70, 80 yards up the field, seven or eight times a half. So, you know, you're looking at your wing forwards here, whoever they play, probably Fionn McDonough and Jordan Flynn, that they are probably going to be warned that when Sean Kelly goes, your job is to track him as quickly as you can, and then a corner forward or Aiden O'Shea would drop out to, say, John Daly at centre-back or one of the wing-backs to, to stop him having to go up the field because he has been so prominent for Mayo and attack, he has given them a completely new uh, outlook in terms of how they can play. A lot of the times they would run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and now they're just given that option to play those pops. And he's so physically strong. And the other thing for Aidan O'Shea, if Sean Kelly does pick him up, you know, if I was him, I'd be getting my hand up in the air as quickly as he can and looking for that ball in the air. If there's one area that Sean Kelly is, and I'm not even going to say it's a weakness because there's there seems to be very little weaknesses in him at the minute, but 
to try and exploit him physically in terms of size in the air because on the ground he is nearly unmatched in the country at the minute. You wonder if Galway worked on that, that that long ball into the full-back line because we saw in the All-Ireland final last year, Shawnee, Kerry clearly came to Croke Park with, with that plan to kind of launch the ball on top of the Galway goalkeeper, Conor Gleeson. Uh, and to a large degree it worked. David Clifford picked up a lot of marks as well uh, in an attacking sense. So, I mean, you'd like to think that since, from a Galway perspective, since the All-Ireland final, they'd have worked on that. Yeah, you'd imagine they would, but if you look at the Armagh League game this year, they got another very soft goal off it. Um, as you rightly mentioned, Clifford got there was a couple of Hail Mary balls went in mm. that you know were not necessarily a training ground move and Clifford went up and plucked it out of the skies. So uh, it's something that teams are definitely going to target because this Galway team are so well set up defensively. They're so compact when teams try and play in and around them and play through the lines and move it around that this is a this is an area of concern for them. It's something that, as you rightly say, they got really exposed at in the All-Ireland final last year. There has been snippets of exposure for them still in the league this year. So, you know, with their management team that's in place there, you can imagine they're putting a huge amount of work in, but it's not an easy fix. It's not. And and uh, I look at the Galway team in recent games and you're seeing players coming through, like uh, John Maher and Tom O'Callaghan, for example. Robert Finnerty came off the bench as well. They do, they do seem to have a strength and depth that maybe three, four, five years ago they didn't quite have. So... They're kind of going from strength to strength. And then you see Damien Comer coming off the bench last week with his bionic leg. Like, almost adds an extra dimension, an extra ball in as well. Yeah, and he like he's obviously not as tall as Aidan O'Shea, but he gives them that physical presence in there. He gives them another option of how to play. You know, uh, Tierney has been phenomenal at wing forward. Finnerty was brilliant last year. Like, it really struck to me how good Finnerty is uh, when you saw what Derry did with Finnerty to put Chrissy McCaig on him. Mm. You know, and you're looking at Rory Gallagher has openly come out and said Chrissy goes on who they perceive to be the other opposition's best forward, and they had uh, they had um, Shane Walsh and they had Comer. So Finnerty is highly rated by a lot of you know various shoot intercounty managers. Him coming back is a big thing for them. Like I said, Tierney has been outstanding. They're just they have a lot of outlets to get scores. So if if, if Walsh is held down, which is very hard done someone else will pop up. up. If Comer's held down, which he was in the All-Ireland final, Walsh come up trumps. So, there's a lot of strings to their bow, Galway. Would you be a bit worried about... Uh, sorry, worried is definitely overstating it, Johnny, but the Shane Walsh been kept scoreless the last day. I mean, maybe it's just the quality of opposition uh, from play. He's obviously... He's, maybe he's easing himself back in post-club, post-Australia, and this is just the way it has to go for the next couple of weeks. And once the championship kicks, kicks in, as you say, it gets pretty spicy and kind of pretty quickly. But once it kicks in, that we'll see um, a better version of him, or are you at all worried about that? I'm not I'm not one bit worried about, about Shane Walsh. He is just quality written all over him. Um, like, if you looked at the championship last year, like, yeah, he got a brilliant goal at one stage in, in Connacht against Roscommon, I think. But Armagh, he was fairly well held down. Derry, uh, McCluskey did a decent job on him. And then big day, All-Ireland final, just, you know, complete yeah. explosion of, of talent, class, everything that you look for on All-Ireland final day. And he has it in, in spades. So, uh, like, he's a really, really good player. You'd imagine this break will probably do him the world of good. All-Ireland uh, club title in his pocket again was held down reasonably well in the All-Ireland club final by Glenn I'd say if the you know before that game if Glenn had said we'll hold Shane Walsh to, I think he might have got a point from play even if he got that they would have said just we're absolutely delighted with this but 
no, no worries about him. I think this break will do him good. He's probably easing himself back in, as you say, and he'll be ready for the for the White Heated Championship, I think. It's tough for us to really assess, I guess, in, in, in the last week or so where, where Mayo were at. In, in, I mean, a raft of changes for that six-point defeat to Monaghan in, in Casabar. And, of course, Mayo had already secured Division 1 final. Monaghan were desperate to, to stay up. Um, so so can we can we kind of tell where they're at? Because when, when a team makes a lot of changes like that the week before a final, it, it kind of confuses us all because we don't really know where they're going to go with the team from here. Yeah, well, look, you imagine they're going to go as strong as they can go on on uh, on Sunday. Like, Mayo are in a good place, um, but they still need a big performance this weekend, and, and uh, they need to win this weekend as well, just mm. to just to cement all the positive work that has been done throughout the first six National League games. Now, I, I, if I was, if you're doing the Mayo management team, you wouldn't be overly happy with last weekend. Yes, obviously, Monon are coming to Castlebar, fighting for their lives, but a lot of Mayo players got opportunities to put their hand up whether that's to make the 15 or whether that's to make the 26. And they didn't really didn't really perform last week. So Mayo are going to, you'd imagine, go back to the tried and trusted of what they've been trying to do over the first first uh, six National League games. They have been very, very impressive. They've implemented a, um, a defensive structure that I haven't seen them have before with a couple of new uh, bodies in there. And look, they've lost, obviously, two brilliant defenders as well. But... You know, the last time I was on the show, I don't know what way I was feeling, but I tipped them to win the All Ireland, so I can't really <laughs> step away from it now. But this game is a big game for both teams on Sunday. The Division Two final that precedes it uh, on Sunday, Shawnee Cracker, Dublin Derry, um, all looking forward to this one as well. Um, and their game up in Owen Beg, I think it was, or Celtic Park, I can't remember which, but was it was a brilliant, brilliant game. Um, the, the the surprising element last week was was watching a certain Stephen Cluxton running out of the the Dublin dressing room. Uh, 41 years of age, out for a couple of years. We we hadn't heard any rumours of this, which to me in this day and age is quite remarkable with social media especially. Um, has this taken you massively by surprise? And I guess the second part of the question is, does he start because he's Stephen Cluxton? Hmm. Yeah, massively by surprise. But I think what I will say is, it, for me, that just shows the absolute trust and strength in this Dublin machine and it's been it's not just this year it's been there for since 2013 it's unbelievable that as you say in this day and age that that news did not break now Desi Farrell has openly come out and said that Cluxton has been training for a few weeks <clears throat> like for anybody listening to that it's so hard to believe that obviously I do believe it I take the man at his word but for nobody to see that witness that and just a little whisper <clears throat> to come out of that camp is incredible. Does he start? No, I don't think he'll start. Um, David O'Hanlon has done done really, really well in the in the National League. Um, I watched him closely that day in Celtic Park and he was very good. But this is a cracker. I think this is an acid test for Derry. Uh, this has actually happened before. I think in 2014 in Division 1, Dublin went up to Celtic Park and lost. And then the National League final, they absolutely disposed of Derry very, very easy. I think I remember Bernard Brogan got a cracker of a goal, hammered them by about you know, 15, 16 points. And again, Derry never recovered. Now, it's important to note, boys, that this is a completely different Derry. And it's also an absolutely completely different Dublin than where they were in 13, 14, 15, 16. So I think it's going to be a cracker. It's the game I'm most looking forward to, I think, this year. It's not very often you go into Division One and Division Two National League finals where you have four All-Ireland um, mm. real All-Ireland contenders playing so it's really good at this early stage of the year 
Sean, just one last one on Cluxon for me. There was a big debate on the football pod this week. Uh, Paddy saying that he couldn't possibly see how there would be a negative spin on this. James saying it could be a negative uh, in terms of the impact on the team. There's been so much debate about that question that you've answered there in relation to whether he should start or not. And actually a lot of his former colleagues, and I see Dean Rock in one of the papers uh, this morning saying that um, as well that he won't be happy to be in the bench. Just on that negative, positive thing, where do you sit on it? Absolutely positive. Um what a player. I, I know him particularly well from DCU. Great guy, so focused. Like um with Stephen, will he be happy not to play? No. Will he allow that to fester in the group? Absolutely not, from my experience of him. Um so he's gonna add so much. David O'Hannon has come in this year with very little experience. Imagine the learnings he can get off him. Also, imagine the competition it's going to bring in within those three goalkeepers in O'Hanlon, Comerford, and now Cluxton coming back in. To me, competition is still the most important facet of building a really, really competitive team that nobody is safe. You know, you would imagine there, David O'Hanlon, for the first X number of league games, Evan Comerford's injured. He knows he's going to play. Now there's a little bit, I need to work harder here. So to me, it can only bring positives to the Dublin camp. Uh, and also the quality he brings. It's not even what he's going to bring off the field. The quality that that man can bring on the field in terms of his kick-out strategies and so on. Now, even if he played this weekend, you mightn't see the best of him because Derry, Derry likely won't put a massive hard press on him. They'll go man-to-man, which they have done nearly all over the field in terms of kick-outs. And at times, they'll give up kick-outs to him. But long-term, in terms of the championship, he could play a massive part. Just on that, that piece that you, you say, you obviously have played with him and know him inside out. Johnny Sexton used to talk about um, not being too giving to the other uh, tens around the camp. I think that might have changed laterally in his career, but there was certainly a point where he didn't want to be um, showing them exactly all the all the good stuff. What's uh, What would Stephen Cluxon's approach to that be? <laughs> uh, give a little, but you know, there's still a little few tricks of the trade that he might want to give away. I get like the reality is he's fighting now. He has to fight for, for his place. He didn't, you know, when I say he didn't have to do that, he obviously did have to do that, but he was so far ahead and his mentality was so far ahead and he was so driven. And that drive is something that's very, very difficult to lose. Does it wane potentially as the years go on and the body gets sore and so on? Yeah. But this man is made of different stuff. Um, we've seen, seen that over the last 20 years. You look how far he has come from that famous day against Armagh years ago, I think in, in around, oh, oh, I'm going to say 04 or 02 maybe. Even. Uh, it was a long, long time ago when he when he kicked Stephen McDonald. And like there's always been a little competitive, sorry, a massive competitive spirit in, in Clucko. He's not coming back for any other reason than to win an All-Ireland and be on the field when Dublin win the All-Ireland. Mm. So, yeah, there's a fight on, on the hands for those three goalkeepers and I'm saying it's one that he's very, very fully focused on winning. Uh, finally for me, Shawnee, um so mentioned the Division 3 and 4 finals, of course. Uh, Andy Moore not happy with some of the injury time played last weekend from uh, Sligo beat Leitrim. Um, but... but Really good performance from Sligo overall, and Leitrim did come back into the game. Oshin McConville doing fascinating things with with that Wicklow team in his first year as well. Uh, your own County Cavan in the Division Three decider uh, against Fermanagh in that, that game last week. I don't know, was it a bit of shadow boxing? But Fermanagh got a good win uh, against Cavan on that occasion. You might just give us maybe a, a quick prediction then in, in in four words or slightly more if you want. One, two, three, and four. Who's winning each final? Um, well, Cavan. Uh, let's <laughs> start. Let's start Division Three then. Go on. <laughs> uh, this is a massive game for Fermanagh. Fermanagh have, have never won a national title. They've done great work to get promotion, but to, to win a medal in Co Park would be absolutely huge. 
Cavan are, are definitely not wanting to go into Armagh slash Antrim. You'd have to say more than likely Armagh in three or four weeks' time on the back of three defeats to Ulster opposition. So both teams are fighting for a huge prize here. I, I think Cavan will win. Um, Division 4 final is, I think Sligo will win, but Oshin has done unbelievable work with Wicklow. Sligo have no national title either, so it's amazing you're going into uh, to Saturday with two teams that have never actually won a national title, mm. never mind won a national title in Crow Park. So there's huge prizes up for stake, and Wicklow won one in 2012, but like they're not there every year. This is going to bring a huge buzz. There'll be a good crowd in Crow Park on, 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 uh, on Saturday night, um, and I'm hoping for two big games, but I'm going to go with Sligo and Cavan. And Division 1 and 2, in two words? <laughs> Um, Derry Just and Galway Right Interesting I think Mayo will win the All-Ireland (laughs) Yeah They'll bounce back Uh, Well I think Mayo won the National League in 2001 and Galway went on to win the All-Ireland so could be could be a reversal of that for sure Uh, Shawnee great stuff as always thanks a million Thank you, guys. Thank you. Have a good day. Brilliant. Catch up again soon. Shawnee Johnson there, former Calvin footballer. OCB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.